Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Light the Fight. Um, you know that if I'm the one um, giving the introduction and trying to think of like something clever or some little like song or rap or something, you know, that David's not here. Um, <laughs> and so David's not feeling well. And so he um, entrusted me to just kind of carry on. And so um, I'm happy to, to do just that, which means that I don't have to vet any of my thoughts and, um, I can just jump in with, (laughs) well, I mean, usually it usually our topics are kind of spurred from, um, interactions that I've had throughout the week or things that crop up in my DMS or I'm going through myself or with friends or whatever. And, um, and actually tonight is no different. I just don't get <laughs> Dave to weigh in as much, but there is, um, there is an account. So I, I just kind of wanted to share, take a minute and share um, an account that I follow on social media that I, um, I really appreciate. And I want to share it because um I think she's really kind of found this spot and, and probably if you guys listen to this podcast, you might even um, follow this account. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know her personally, but the account is Brooke Romney writes all one word. So Brooke B R O O K E R O M N E Y. And then writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Now, I don't know that much about um, Brooke, and I have followed her for a long time, and so I actually don't even know her story, so I'm not even going to try to tell you what what I've kind of gleaned, Um, but what she does have a book, and I think that kind of how she Okay, I shouldn't talk about how I think that she came up upon this, but the book and in her account kind of addresses like um almost like manners, almost like um advice. She has four boys, uh sons, and I don't actually even know their ages, but but her messages are kind of like geared towards her teenage boys, things that she thinks that they need to know. And, um, and so her book is about that. So occasionally she shares anyway, um, as an example, she talks about like how important it is to be nice to your friends, siblings, or, um, another recent one that she, that she shared was be a good passenger. Um, And she writes, when someone gives you a ride, acknowledge them, 
they're doing you a favor, say hello, engage in a short conversation, be kind to everyone in the car, don't whisper or jump straight into your phone, always say thank you when you leave. Now, I that one I think had particular like kind of a particular ring to it for me because um probably like a lot of you I drive a carpool and I have driven a carpool for like a billion years it seems like and you know you have you have those kids that are really courteous and friendly and feel comfortable enough to maybe engage in a little bit of conversation with you um you know mornings are always hard especially on the middle school carpool <laughs> and you know not only do they not want to talk to you they're not talking to each other and you're not really sure because you think that there's a possibility that they're texting each other um or they're texting someone in the car and leaving someone out um and so i will say that like carpool kind of is just a mixed bag and so i just love that she addressed this and this is kind of what her book is about it's like these um, these little tidbits that gives you, um, things to talk to your kids about. Anyway, she talks about a, a, a lot of, a lot of these types of things, but earlier this week, um, she get she did this post and this is what it said. So if you just imagine there's like kind of a meme, um, that, is designed out. And it says, Q question, tell me the last time being passive aggressive improved your relationships. And then a answer is never. Um, and I kind of just chuckled to myself. Um, and I want to just read really quickly, uh, the other slides as you, as you swipe through them on this particular post, uh, I shared, I bring this up because I shared this post on my Instagram and I got so many people responding and saying, you know, thanks for sharing this. It's so true. I really struggle with this Um, because it is in a lot of ways. I think this is kind of how, (laughs) well, this is how I was raised a little bit. Um, So the first slide says those weird silent treatments, disapproving comments, snide suggestions, Holier than thou observations always feel like they're coming from a manipulative, disconnected place, not a place of real understanding or love. And then you swipe again. It says, here are a few ways to step away from passive, the passive aggressive habit. Remember, tone and expression are just as important as words. Now, I love that she brings this up. I know we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast that David's always talking about, like, be aware of your body language, be aware of the expression on your face because those nonverbal cues and responses might even be just as passive aggressive as what's actually coming out of your mouth. Um, So she gives some suggestions that I thought were really good. So I'm going to read them as well. Um, It says, instead of, quote, so I guess you just ignore texts from your mom now, unquote. She says, try, quote, I texted you a few times today without a a reply. Is everything okay? So I thought that was really good. Again, you know, this is another thing we talk about here a lot that David talks about is how sarcasm will get you 
nowhere. And so we kind of have this um, benefit of the doubt happening here. And, you know, even though you might be feeling like, okay, so you're ignoring my, my texts, I'm going to kill you, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, just going in with that benefit of the doubt, putting the relationship first and saying, gosh, I've texted you. Are you okay? Um, the next one says, instead of quote, must be nice to have somebody constantly picking up your stuff. The next one is, uh, she says, try quote, I'm feeling super over overwhelmed by the mess in our house. Can you help out by picking up your things before bed? Um, the next one says, instead of quote, Hmm, that's an interesting choice. She says, try I'm excited to hear why you chose that option. Tell me more about it. And then um, she says, instead of, quote, I thought I raised someone with better manners than that. Try. I'm not sure if we've had this conversation, but when someone's talking to you, it's important to put away your phone. Do you understand why? And then she says this, which I also think is very, like, in line with what we're always talking about. She says, let go of condescension and embrace curiosity. It opens up conversation and leads to connection. Um, and I, I really, I really loved it. I thought that it, it was just those little, I was laughing with each one of her little um, kind of situations that she was sharing. I, I just was like, yeah, yeah, I can. I can relate to that one, like each one of those. Um, and then, and then I just have to bring up what she shared in her comments. So by now, hopefully you've all gone and checked, checked out her posts and, um, and read this, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of read what she leaves in her comment. Um, because it's, this is so something that I struggle with. She says, quite a few years ago, one of my kids wanted to go do something that I didn't want him to go to. I said no, and he was relentless. So finally, I, I buckled and I said a reluctant yes. For the hours leading up to him leaving, I was grumpy. I was short. I gave one word answers, and I made it clear that I was unhappy with him. Finally, he said, why are you so mad at me? My answer, because I don't want you to go, and you just, but you kept on pushing it. And he said, well, then say no, but don't say yes. And then be mad at me. That's not cool. I'm always going to bug you to try to get my way, but that doesn't mean you have to give in. Just be honest with me. He was right. She says, and then she goes on and says, not one time in the history of ever has been passive aggressive or laying on a guilt trip ever improved relationship, especially with today's teens and adults. It might get the result you want in the short term. If your child is a pleaser but it will derail your goals in the long term because those weird silent treatments, disapproving comments, snide suggestions, and holier than thou observations always feel like they're coming from a manipulative, discontinued, disconnected place, not a place of real understanding or love. Being passive aggressive skirts around the truth, minimizes confrontation, which feels safe in the moment, but creates distance at a strong and a strange inauthentic dance of keeping each other happy on the surface yet conflicted on the inside. Um, she kind of goes on a little bit from there. And I just was really thankful 
for what I read and for what it reminded me about. And so I think that that I wanted to bring this up for for a couple of reasons. Um, the first being that the message that I always hope comes through as we're talking here, like the fight is that as parents, we really do have more influence and we really can set the tone. We really are. We really can be in the driver's seat of these relationships, meaning that the way that we handle our interactions with the people in our family will help us, um, will help determine whether we're going to have a good interaction or we're going to have a negative interaction. And for me, I really hate confrontation. Uh, I, I will do anything to get out in front of a confrontation or slide by. But at this, but even when I say that, I want people to know when I'm mad at them. (laughs) And, and so it does come, come out in um, maybe me being gruff or throwing something down or stomping around or even isolating or whatever that may be. Um, And I think that it hit me the most, even when she kind of shared that example, because it is very often that I'm like, I really want my, my kids to be able to make their own decisions and have to deal with whatever the consequence comes from that. Um, And that this is even extending to like adult children. And when they make a decision or do something that I don't like, I just have the hardest time um, keeping my emotions in check. And then especially like when things like work their work out or we get, we get a few days or a few weeks or a few months down away from that decision. And turns out I was right. It's real hard for me to not gloat or say, you know, I wish that you would have just listened to me or, you know, whatever that, that case may be. Um, I think that being passive aggressive is something that we see in a lot of scenarios around us. And, you know, I see this happening with my daughter and and even her friend group, or, um, I, you know, I even sometimes see it happening in my, in my family and I'm kind of the culprit. I think that what I really appreciate is, I mean, she's got this kid who's like, well, if you're going to be mad, it's not, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want you to be mad at me. Um, it just, it reminds me that, it's always worth kind of taking two steps back, whether you have to let things settle down or put a little bit of space in between or saying something like, you know, could later, could, could we just chat about this or, or something like this so that you can get some space and allow it to deescalate so that you can kind of say, you know, here's the thing. I really didn't want you to 
to go, but I wanted you to be able to make your own decision. These are the reasons why I didn't want you to go. Um, and I'm trying to let you have this space and, and I'm trying to let you figure this out on your own. Um, and so just to let you know, <laughs> this is how I really felt about it. And I, I think it's more important that you know how I really feel than me to be huffing and puffing and giving the, you know, particularly the silent treatment. I think that that's such an easy, an easy go-to. Um, you know, the worst is when somebody is treating you poorly or being negative and you don't even know why, because they've kind of get maybe given you permission or indicated that they were fine with something or that that was all good or that you guys, you know, that everything was great, but then they're not treating you in, in that way. Um, anyway, I'm in this at church, I'm in this calling where I'm, I'm in a stake calling, which means that I'm kind of in a, in a leadership over, over the leaders role. And we're talking with, um, kids about kind of our youth committee about what are some of the things that they struggle with. And, um, the thing that just keeps coming up is that they want, they're just struggling in their friendships. And, you know, the last couple of weeks here, we've talked about bullying and, um, and we've talked about some of those friendship struggles and, and I think that if our kids are watching us say, say that we're fine or say that something's okay, when really we're not, then they go into their friend groups and they say that something's okay when really it's not. And um, I think that we have an opportunity in our relationships with, with our kids to model excuse me, model this behavior of being able to tell somebody what they really think. Um, and even though that's scary, it's such a great scale. Um, anyway, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put Brandon on the spot really quick. You know, when, when we kind of talked about passive aggressive, um, threw it out, a couple of times, Brandon's, Brandon's kind of always like nodding his head. <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, Brandon is one of those people that really likes um, everyone to be happy and is willing to, to kind of set his, I mean, this is my observation, obviously it feels like Brandon, you're willing to set aside your happiness in order for people to be happy, but, you know, whenever the passive aggressive come up, you, you kind of give these really exaggerated um, <laughs> head nods. So why don't you chime in for just a second about um, how, uh, about yeah, no, why I, we're getting these aggressive head nods. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fair and smart observation. I think the biggest thing with it is one, I'm the oldest of the family. So I'm the oldest of five kids. Um, so with that, with the podcast, we've talked about the oldest son relationship. We've talked about that half player, half coach. And 
Also with that, I'm also a very empathetic person. So I'm very sensitive to the acuteness of like, okay, is mom and dad happy? Is everything going good in the family? Is everything okay? So because of being the oldest, I've kind of always had that like, hey, is everything good kind of anxiety? And then being empathetic, being I can feel everything. So when, especially if it was comments from parents growing up or I did something well, but they weren't happy, I was always sensitive to the passive aggressiveness because at least from my end is it, it hurts at a different level of, man, if you're mad at me, just tell me you're mad at me. Like, don't, don't make me guess and then question myself of, oh, well, I'm going to try to make you feel a certain type of way of, okay, you should feel bad about yourself, or I'm not really happy with what you're doing, or this thing's bugging me, but I don't even want to give you the respect and time to be, hey, this is what's really going on. This is what I have issues with, or even if it's like homework, instead of getting a comment up. So I guess we're just going to fail this quarter. It's like, mom, why don't you just take the time to be, hey, I'm really concerned about your grades. I'm not happy with your grades. If you don't keep this up, these are going to be the consequences. And this is why I'm worried. I may still feel bad equally and maybe more feel guilty in one aspect of, okay, I need to progress my grades. It's affecting my mom. She wants to see it this way, regardless if I agree with her or not. You know, guilt is I did something, so I want to improve the behavior. Where the passive aggressive to me has always just been shaming of, man, I'm not even good enough for people to tell me why they don't like me. Why can't you just tell me why you don't like me? So I I think most of that and just being a protective older sibling is, hey, let's not make people feel bad is I'll put my happiness aside. I'll I'll try to over explain things to not be passive aggressive. Or if I feel passive, wanting to be passive aggressive, I won't say those things because I know deep down when it happens to me, it just builds up a bunch of shame inside of me. It's an interesting um, perspective, especially that whole, like, it just makes you question yourself more. Yeah. And anytime that those questioning and, and David calls them questioning statements, right? Like, Oh, so I guess we're just going to fail our classes or, you know, the questioning statement makes, makes you go to the place of the very worst scenario. Um, the, the very worst thought in your worst case option. And, um, where if you can actually talk about it, it might not even be the worst case scenario. Right. Or even like the, the frustration too, is like, for me, one of my biggest, biggest struggles even now is I'll overthink and overprocess and get stuck in the victim thought mentality of trying to figure out or make sense of nonsense of trying to figure out what exactly is it that they're causing them to be passive aggressive. It could be totally unrelated. It could just be that, you know, your family, your close friends or whatever, they're just letting it out because they have other frustrations going on. But when it doesn't get spoken out, for someone like me, it's like, okay, now I'm going to run through a million different scenarios of what possibly perhaps maybe had happened so I can try to change my behavior so they're not upset with me. But now I have a million and a half reasons why I'm not okay with myself. That could have caused somebody to not be okay with me, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate that perspective on your end, Brandon, because, you know, I just, first of all, thank you for your honesty and describing that just really complicated, um, you know, making one passive aggressive 
comment has just like spun you all the way into another orbit, exhausting you and, and needing all this energy to deal with it. That wasn't even, might not even be necessary. Yeah, exactly. And I think with it too, is with statements or whatever it may be, or if we've talked about connection before concern, there's other ways to bring up different issues or to bring up difficult topics. And I think people as human nature is that even if it's not for the best purposes, if it's a caring relationship, we want somebody to put effort into being concerned about us. We're always concerned about, do people like us, do people not like us? And I think that goes to, if you're up at, upset with me, if we've had any history at all, if we've cared for each other at all, can you do me the favor of caring about how you deliver this to me so I don't fall apart so we can actually fix what's going on in that situation and handle it? Because I think for most people is, if you're being passive aggressive or if you're doing something, is you want a behavior to be changed. You're just tired for whatever reason, and it may not be personal. So if it's not personal that you're saying it or if it came off that way because you're having a bad day, well try to make so it's not personal, especially to kids or coworkers or whatever, maybe people you're intimately involved with because you don't want that person to be like, now it's personal. Now it's a personal attack on me because I feel like I deserve at the very least to be told, Hey, this is something that's wrong. Let's fix it. Because that's like that, that's a respect aspect of it is what we've talked about with teenagers. You want to build them. You want to have a partnership with them. It's not an equal partnership. But that's some of the things with partnerships is being able to have tough and difficult conversations of these are things that we need to work on. If it's a disagreement or whatever it may be, that may be a process where emotions come out. That's fine. But I think that's more of a just reason to have feelings be quote unquote hurt is if it's upfront and transparent of what's going on than to be, I'm going to throw that out there, completely forget I said about that. And this person's got to deal with it. Now, anytime they're around me, they're walking on eggshells. And now by the time we do have a disagreement or have this conversation, it's going to be three months worth of stuff of somebody just being like, okay, they acted this way because I left the garbage can lit up or I left this wet towel on the floor. And now they're even more mad. Are they mad? Was it an off day? And then every decision you're making is being questioned of, uh, what am I doing to avoid this? Because if they're not even willing to tell me what's wrong, they must be really angry with me. They may be so angry. They don't even think they can control their emotions to talk to me. And that's just a scary thought for somebody who's empathetic. And especially in my younger years, scared of confrontation right (laughs) yeah it it definitely um you know so when we very first started what i was mentioning is how as parents we just have this ability to set the tone and i believe and still believe that there's no kid that wants to make their parent unhappy or mad like i just don't think that kids thrive or or seek out to upset their parents. Um, Kids want the kid, their parents to be proud of them and want them, their parents to be happy. Um, I, I go to this personal trainer a couple times a week and, you know, first of all, it happens in the morning. Second of all, I'm never excited to go. Um, Third of all, I always can think of about 40 billion things I could, should, would rather be doing than going. But it's always interesting, even though like 
I'll be super grumbly. Eric and I go together. We don't even talk on the way, you know, it's just like, we're both like, you know, and, and we get there and this trainer, um, is the happiest, like so excited to see us. Hey guys. And just like, totally, you just feel her energy in the room. She sets this tone, um, that you can't be super mad or, I mean, you wind up getting mad as the sets as you go through the sets again and you're and you, and you start feeling this exhaustion and and it's funny because Eric and I um you know we're used to making kind of these like sarcastic I, I wouldn't say they were passive aggressive probably just straight aggressive like like when we're in there and and we're we're working out and and you know she's wanting us to add weight or this or that and we'll we'll make these sarcastic comments and recently this other woman joined our same workout group and she's like the happiest, most optimistic, get her work done and not complain person. And, and I'm just like, it really kind of shuts, shuts the sarcasm and the negativity down when you have these two super optimistic, like happy, excited people. Um, my point to this is that as the parent, we have the ability to set the tone. Passive aggressive is the worst possible tone. Um, and if there's anything that we can do for our kids, even if it has to be come from a place that's not super authentic all the time, we can control that energy. And that when, when we greet them, when they walk into the room, when they when they walk around us, not like a toxic positivity situation, but as, as Brandon is saying, like, if I love you, I'm going to, I'm going to respect you enough not to try to dish you or, or knock you down. Um, and, and try to have this space, give the benefit of the doubt, um, have some curiosity rather than being condemning rather than being shaming or judgmental. Um, and, and it's a really slight tweak that can be made that just makes a ton of difference. Um, so I don't know, big shout out to Brooke Romney. Like I said, she's got a book out and it's called like, um, I just ordered it and now I can't remember, but it, it's like 52, um, something, but, but basically it's like these 52 things that you can talk about your kids and constantly say, Hey, this is the best way to behave in this type of a situation and having the book. And and she also has like a calendar that you can kind of set out. And, um, even if that opens up the opportunity to talk about behaviors or interacting with other people or with friends or whatever that might be. Um, it's just, a, it just feels like these topics that, that don't get talked about as much. And especially with COVID um, over the last couple of years, when it felt like there was less and less interaction. Um, some of those like mannerisms and reminders and teaching moments may have been a little bit lost in that process. Um, so 
anyway, and just I just want I just want to throw this in there too is even you can also just use a statement with your kids of or with people as hey I'm really frustrated right now and I want to talk to you about some things however I can't talk to you right now because I don't want to say the wrong thing that's okay too even like even if that causes a little bit of anxiety in your kids like who am I in trouble that's better because that's going to be that's more of the guilt of oh man did I do something wrong. But at least my mom is being cool enough that she doesn't want to make this personal that we'll talk about it later. So you can even just let people know, hey, I want to talk to you about this. But if we talk about it right now, I may say some things that I don't mean and are going to be. So the book is called, I appreciate that. Thank you, Brandon. Um, the book is called 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. Um, this 52-week calendar of creative and crucial tips for teens will help both parents and teenagers navigate our modern world with confidence. Um, so anyway, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that it's such a, it just offers this opportunity to have regular conversations and those conversations can be included um, across a spectrum of ages because everybody is kind of navigating this, this modern world and the manners because our world has been expanded. And now we kind of have these virtual worlds mixed with our actual social circles. Um, the manners are still important. And so I really appreciate that. So Anyway, something to something to think about, something to um, check yourself on, and maybe even give your kids. We've talked about this before. Give your kids that past it. You know, if I accidentally slip into that passive aggressive mom voice, can you just gently remind me that like maybe we need to have like a passive aggressive code word or <laughs> something because sometimes it happens without us really even trying. So. Um, so D Brandon, thank you for your input and your insights. Um, you know, Brandon gets to hear David talk a lot. He's, he's heard David a lot as, um, someone who has helped him at schools at every one of his talks. And so Brandon is very well-versed in Davidisms for sure. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard maybe one or a thousand Davidisms in my life. At least, at least. At least, yeah. Oh, so you guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. And thank you, of course, always for helping us to like the fight.